0: Uh, we are uh, getting into the third part of our series called "Face to Face," what it means to encounter God, what it means to encounter God. I don't know if you've 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 kind of sensed this already, but even in our worship time, it, it's really about us encountering God. We this whole theme of this series has been about us encountering God. Exodus thirty-three eleven says that God would the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. As one speaks to a friend, that's that's pretty cool. Whoa, that's what I'm saying. Whoa, like 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 that's that's pretty cool that the the creator of the universe, God, would speak to a person face to face as one speaks to a friend. And my whole point out of this series is that we would all come to a place in a desire that God would come speak to us that God would come speak to you, that God would have an encounter with you. And that he would speak to you face to face like a friend would. That's, that's my hope and that's my desire for all of us is that we would desire that. And so in the first week, what we talked about was the fact that 2 Corinthians 3.14 says that says that when anyone turns to the Lord, whenever who turns to the Lord? anyone turns to the Lord, it says that the veil is taken away. In other words, when anyone turns to the Lord, that there is nothing that will hinder you from having a genuine encounter with God. Nothing. Anyone turns to the Lord. Doesn't mean the more spiritually elite people. It doesn't mean just solely for pastors and ministers and evangelists and missionaries. No, it says that when anyone, the only requirement is that you turn to him in faith. But every single person in this room has an opportunity to have a face to face encounter with God. It's for anyone. And my prayer is that we would come to a a point where we desire that type of relationship with God. And then last week, we, we talked about the life of Jacob and how, even in the midst of his dysfunction, even in the midst of his deceit, even in the midst of his trickery and his deception, in all his dysfunctional ways, that God came to encounter him. God came to meet with him. And what we discovered is that God is not intimidated by your dysfunction. God is not intimidated or put off by your dysfunction. In fact, God will use that as an opportunity, as a perfect opportunity, to come and meet with you. And so for many of us in here, you can say, yeah, you know what? I think I'm somewhat dysfunctional. Well, that brings me some hope that God would still desire to come meet with me. And if you don't think you're dysfunctional, ask the people closest to you. Or maybe not. They may tell you some things you don't want to hear. But God is not afraid or intimidated by dysfunction. And God comes to meet with Jacob in the middle of his dysfunction. But not only does he just meet with him, but the Bible says that he was changed. His identity was changed. So what that tells us is you cannot have a genuine encounter with God and things stay the same. Because when he comes to meet with you, something will change on the inside of you. If you want to know if you've ever had an encounter with God before, look at your life. Is it different? Like, that's, a, that's an honest question you need to ask yourself. Man, is my life really changed and different? Well, then obviously, I must have had an encounter with God. And so we saw this in the life of Jacob. God coming to meet with him right in the middle of his dysfunction. And in the same way, God can meet with you in the middle of your dysfunction. And so today, moving on from Jacob. Now we're gonna talk about Moses. We're gonna talk about his encounter with the Lord. We read this verse that we've been using throughout this entire series that the that, that, that Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Now, we've been saying that verse every week throughout this series, and, and we've, been, I, we've been referencing Moses, but there's an important uh, a fact about this that I need you to understand this morning. Moses didn't begin here. Moses didn't just wake up or was born and say, like, God, he's meeting with me face to face. Like, that's not how it was for Moses. He didn't begin at this point. He ended up there, but he didn't begin there. And so what we discover about Moses, if you know the life of Moses, has anybody ever seen the Ten Commandments? Who's seen the Ten Commandments? Raise your hand if you've seen the Ten Commandments. Charlton Heston, like, all right, every Easter, just, just wait for it. It's going to come on. Anybody ever seen the Prince of Egypt? Right, right. So so for the most part, many of us here, we we know the life of Moses. We know the general story of Moses, a Hebrew boy. Had the privilege of being raised in the in the house of Pharaoh, grew to great prestige and leadership in Egypt. But Moses had a temper problem. Moses one day saw an Egyptian soldier beating. A Hebrew man. And Moses temper got the best of him. So Moses went and struck and killed this Egyptian soldier, buried him in the sand, hiding, covering his tracks. And then when Pharaoh found out about it, Pharaoh wanted him killed. So what happened? Moses had to, uh, he fled for his life. Moses became a fugitive. And Moses left Egypt and fled for his life. He was gone for 40 years. And Moses on the run in that time frame he found a new family he started a new life thought all that was behind him i'm starting fresh starting new but god had other plans and so this picks up where we leave off exodus chapter 3 verse 1 Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. It's pretty cool to make God like God, is, his voice, I do it no justice. Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And so what we see in this text, Moses is tending to the flock of his father-in-law. And the Bible says that he was on, he took the flock to the far side of the wilderness. Now, really the desert. And now just on a side note, I would I would venture just to point out to us this morning that that may be where a lot of us are in our relationship with God. Maybe there's some folks in here today that they see their relationship with God as this dry and barren place. There's really no life to it. It seems just dry, and seems so distant. And this is where Moses is at. He's he's, he's gone out into the wilderness. He's gone and tending the flock. But while he's out in this dry and desolate place, it was there that God decides to meet with him. And the Bible says that it says that there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And so Moses is out tending to the flock and he sees this bush that is on fire, but it's not burning up. Now, curiosity got the best of Moses, so Moses wanted to see what was going on, and so he decides to go uh, go over towards this burning bush just to check it out, to go see this strange sight. On another side note, that may be some of us in here this morning. Maybe you're here this morning because you just want to check it out. Maybe you heard about the church, or maybe you uh, know a little about the church, maybe you have relatives that are a part of the church, and you've seen this, you've heard the stories, you've seen things about church, and maybe it's a little strange to you, maybe it's a little offsetting to you, but you know what, you may be here this morning just because you want to check it out. Maybe all the shouting this morning maybe just weirded you out. Maybe Chris was just too weird for you. Which one? (laughs) Which one? But But maybe you're here. You're like, man, let me just see what this is all about. I don't understand the shouting. I don't understand the lifting of the hands. I don't understand any of that. But, but I, I just want to check it out. I just want to see what's going on. Let me just tell you something this morning. If that is you, God is pleased with that. He's glad you're here. And Moses goes to check it out. And so when Moses went to go check it out, it says, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. Now the bush is talking to him. This flaming bush that is not burning up begins to talk to him and calls out his name, Moses. And he was making Moses aware of the fact that, look, what's going on right now is a special moment. If more than anything, it's a holy moment. I need you to remove your sandals because what's about to go down right now is pretty special. And let me tell you something. Any encounter with God is pretty special. It's not just an ordinary moment. It's not just something you can just jot down or chalk it up to, oh, just something happened today. No, when you encounter God, you know it's a special moment. And so he's telling Moses, he's like, look, what's about to happen right now? I need you to take notice. This isn't just an ordinary moment for you, Moses. Take off your sandals because this is moment is you are standing in a holy ground, a special moment. And it was there that God began to talk to Moses and he began to tell Moses that he had a job for him to do. See, remember, Moses came out of Egypt. He fled Egypt as a fugitive. But it was in Egypt that Moses' very people, God's people, the children of Israel, were being held captive, were enslaved, were in bondage under Pharaoh's rule. And the Bible says that God says, I I, I heard their cries. Like I hear their pain. I, I hear their anguish. And Moses I'm going to need you to go back to where you came from. I'm going to need you to go talk to Pharaoh, the most powerful man on the earth at that time. The very place you fled from, the very place you were, you were afraid for your life from, that very place. I need you to go back and talk to Pharaoh. And I need my people to be free, and I'm going to use you to do it. This is holy ground. This is a special moment. I'm encountering you because I want to use you. I'm encountering you because I got a job for you to do. And let's look at Moses's response. Let's go to verse 11, chapter three. It says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, who am I? And so what we're going to see here about Moses is that Moses has these obstacles that he's got to get over. Moses has these internal obstacles that that he's got to get over, that he's got to get through in order to fully embrace this encounter with God. And so his first obstacle, he's asking the question, he's saying, who am I? Who am I, number one, that you would even have an encounter with me? But who am I that you would even use me for this work? Moses, at that moment, is probably thinking about the reality of his life and what he came from. Maybe at that moment, his memories of Egypt all came back, back to place. Man, I, I'm wanted there. You're using me for this great work? Man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm afraid for my life. Who am I? There there are probably plenty of other people that you could choose for this task. There are probably plenty of other people that you can choose to represent you this way. But who am I? The first obstacle that all of us have to overcome in order for us to genuinely have an encounter with God is we must overcome our condemnation. We must overcome condemnation. See, condemnation is not of God. Condemnation is the devil's tool. It's his weapon. And condemnation keeps you from God. And so Moses began to play back his life. Moses began to question, well, who am I? Who am I you would choose me? Who am I that you would use me? And Moses is playing this all back. He's asking the question of who he is. And God is saying, who are you, man? I will be with you meaning I didn't come to meet with you because of your worth. I came to meet with you because of my worth. Moses, you did absolutely nothing to earn this meeting with me. You did absolutely nothing. There was nothing in your resume that should have gotten me to get you for this task. I didn't come because of who you are. I came because of who I am. And in the same way, when we encounter God, there are many of us in here that that we can't even imagine that God would have that type of encounter with us. Who am I? God, if you only knew my past. God, if you only knew My thought life. God, if you only knew what I did in secret. God, if you only knew who I really was. Newsflash, he does. He knows everything about you. He knows all the secrets. He knows all the junk. He knows all the thoughts that you have. He knows all the people that you killed. He knows all the people that you slept with. He knows all the people you want to hurt and wish ill on. He knows everything. Everything. and Yet he desires to meet with you. He desires to encounter you. And so we've got to get over our condemnation. We've got to get over the fact that, man, man, God would never desire to meet with me. I could see why he would meet with pastor. I can see why he would meet with this this guy. I can see why he would meet with that spiritual person. but, But clearly, God wouldn't have anything to do with me. It's not about who you are. It's who he is. And he desires to meet with you. John 3, 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. God is not the author of condemnation. Verse 13, Moses said to God, well, okay, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. So now Moses is starting to question now. He's like, okay, I'm getting over of who I am. I realize that you will be with me. But now, okay, let's just say I go. I haven't said if I'm going yet, but let's just play out the scenario. I go, and they ask me, well, who sent you? Under whose authority are you coming to the Pharaoh?'" Who are you? And what we see here is is, is Moses' lack of knowledge and lack of understanding of who God is. He doesn't know God in his power. He doesn't know God in his splendor. He doesn't know God in his majesty. He doesn't know God that way. And so because of that, he's questioning, well, well, well if I go, if I go and I, and I represent you, well, who do I say sent me? And God says, I am. I'm just I am. I don't need any other descriptions. Just know that I am. Meaning I am everything, all thing, in thing. I am everything. I am sent me. There's not enough words that can describe me. There's not enough words that can contain me in all I am, and all my glory, and all my splendor. Just tell them I am. Get to know me and my power. Get to know me and my strength. Get to know me and my supernatural ability. Know me and my majesty. I am. And for those of us in this room today that that are still in a place of of condemnation uh, about the fact that why would God even desire to meet with you? Why would God even desire to encounter you this morning? You need a a better view of who God is. And the second thing you need to overcome is you need to overcome your doubt. Overcome your doubt of the fact that, man, well, I heard that they say God is good, but, but is he really that good? Is he he really that gracious to me? All the good that you've ever thought about, God, multiply that by like a million. And that's how good he is. That's how good he is. You need to overcome your doubt about who God is and recognize that he is a big, marvelous, loving, gracious God. And that's why he desires to encounter you. That's why he desires to meet with you, because he wants you to get to know him better. If you only knew him. If you only knew his grace. If you only knew his love. And let me just tell you something this morning. Many of us in here who who know what it is to experience salvation, who know what it is to experience freedom, we shouted about it this morning. If you shout it, that means you do. Well, you know what it is to experience freedom. Then you know God. You know his goodness and you know his grace. You know had it not been for the Lord where you would be right now. That's the same God that wants to have an encounter with you. That good God. That gracious God. That God that is not here to condemn you, but the God that is wanting to meet with you, to love on you, to bring you joy, to bring you peace. You need to overcome your doubt. You need to grow to know God better. Because he desires to encounter you. Well, then we move on. This conversation, Moses is continuing this conversation with God. Then we go to chapter 4. Let's go to verse 1. Moses answered, okay, well, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? What? now he's overcome condemnation. Now we're overcoming doubt. But now he's asking the question, well, well what if they, what if the people think I'm crazy? What, what if they don't believe me? You mean, God, you want me to go to the most powerful man on the earth and tell them that, 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 that there was this bush that was on fire but didn't burn up? And this bush started talking to me and gave me my assignment, like, like that's what you want me to do? Well, what if they don't believe me? What if they think I'm crazy? It's this whole what if they mentality, right? Man, let's just say I have an encounter with God. Man, what if they think I'm crazy? What, what, What if they don't believe me in what God has done in my life? What if I begin to tell them the changes that have happened in my life and they, and they, and they, and they write me off and they don't want to hang out with me no more. They don't, they don't want to be friends with me anymore. They don't want to even be in my vicinity anymore. What if they just think I'm loony and just begin to talk to other people about me? What if they? And unfortunately, that's one of the biggest hindrances for a lot of people in encountering God. You're more concerned about what others are going to say about it. than meeting with the creator of the universe who wants to meet with you. We've got to overcome fear. You've got to overcome your fear of what it means to really encounter God. Fear of people, fear of their approval. But we, we see this in the New Testament, even with Jesus, right? John chapter 4. Some of the religious leaders, we told you that the religious leaders couldn't stand Jesus. They didn't like Jesus, wanted nothing to do with Jesus. But there were some religious leaders that that started to believe. They started to really, they started to notice Jesus and say, man, we, we really like this guy. He's really doing some good. But in verse 42 of chapter 12, it says, yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith. For fear, they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than the praise from God. See, that's how many of us navigate our faith walk. We tread lightly on our faith walk because we're afraid of what others are going to say. We don't want to have an encounter with God that's going to make us look crazy. What if I lift my hands and people look at me funny? What if I start singing and I don't sing right and people start looking at me funny? What if, what if I start talking about Jesus uh, in, in public and people start looking at me funny? What if I just sit down for a meal and bow my head to pray over my food and people start? Like, we don't even want to bless our food in public. You know what it is. You, you're sitting at the table and you're like, Amen. You laugh because we've been there. Bless it, God. We've got to overcome our fear. We've got to overcome the fear of what others may say. Now, uh, a few months ago, I, I, I shared with you here at the church that uh, in the month of May, obviously, we have our National Day of Prayer. And um, as a church, we've been hosting the National Day of Prayer for many years now. Pastor Sonny took it on some years ago. And so as a church, we're, we're kind of in charge of organizing it, getting the pastors involved with it. And then we go to the Duncanville Recreation Center, uh, and we host it there. And usually, many times, we'll get a good turnout. And it's just a, a great opportunity to pray for our nation and pastors in unity together. And so this year, uh, this year I had sent an email uh, out to the mayor, uh, Mayor Gordon of Duncanville. And I just said, hey, we'd love to have you come out. And I know you're a man of faith and come out and share and and pray if you would join us. And and about five minutes later, he says, he texts me. He says, he says, call me ASAP. And I thought, oh, no, what did I do? And so I, I called him up. And he says, hey, Pastor Chris, he says, I really, really love what you guys are doing. And you know what? We want to we back it 100%. He says, as a city, you know, we've never promoted this as a city before because it, it, we're, we're, we're public officials. And so, but you know what? I want to promote it. I want to put it on our big old uh, LED sign up here in front of City Hall. I want to tell everybody about it. I want to promote it to the city. He said, because I believe in this. He says, I really want to see this happen for our city. Yeah, it's exciting. And I was like, man, praise God. Like, that's awesome. He goes, y'all can host it and run it however you, you normally run it. He said, but just let us back it. Let us promote it. Let us do whatever we need to do to get some, make some noise around it. He goes, and I'll even, he even wrote out a proclamation, National Day of Prayer proclamation for the city of Duncanville. He was so excited about it and so pumped about it. And we had a great time. Well, this past week, uh, we had a, every month we have a, a breakfast meeting with him, and he meets with us and a few other pastors, and, and he was talking about the National Day of Prayer. And he says, you know, uh, the, the few weeks before we had the National Day of Prayer, he said, I talked to my city manager about it, and I said, hey, I, I think we need to really promote this and whatever. And the city manager said, you know, I don't know if that's a good idea. He said, well, well why not? He says, man, it's a possibility we could get sued for holding a religious activity in a public space that we're promoting. And he says, I don't care. He says, this is necessary for us. He says, and we're going to do it. And so we did it. He says, well, lo and behold, one week ago, received a letter in the mail from an organization that is threatening to sue the city of Duncanville for hosting a National Day of Prayer in a public space. And he had the letter with him and he put it on the table and he says but you know what we will not back down he said this is necessary for our city this is necessary for this community and we're not going to let people deter us from what we want to do and for what we know is right and what we know is necessary He believes that our city needs an encounter with God. And he's not going to let the fear of people and organizations keep us from experiencing God. We've got to get over our fear of people. He says, man, I don't care if they, he said, this may cost you your election for the next term. He said, I don't care. I may not even want to be mayor the next term. He says, but I know my assignment now. And whatever it costs me, I'm willing to do it. How many of you here for an encounter with God are willing to step into that no matter what it costs you? Now, 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 let's, 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 let's think about this for a moment. See, it's easy in here. It's easy. I can get excited in here really easy. But it's when we get out there, does the same enthusiasm, does the same thing that drives you for encountering God, does it carry over with you at the restaurant? Does it carry over with you on your workspace? Does it carry over with you at your school? Like, are we just as excited about the joy that we received in here as we are out there? Is it the same? Or do we fear the praise of men over the praise of God? See, many of you don't want to have an encounter with God because you're just afraid of what it might mean or do to you. There's a a fear sometimes when we step into even this environment. If it's it's hard in here, it's going to be nearly impossible out there. See, here you got people right with you like, yes, Jesus. Out there, you got people that will think you're nutty and loony. There they go again, talking about Jesus. There they go. Oh, man, here we go. He's going to tell you he's kept his Bible? Oh, man. Oh, oh man, he, he's, here he goes. Let's, let's not even bring up, like, church stuff because then he's going to start talking about it, and we don't really want to start talking. Like, I, I don't even, like, 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 that's the way it is out there. But in here, if it's hard for you in here, I would even venture to say that for you, that there's no activity outside of these walls. We've got to overcome our fear. God wants to encounter people in this room even today. But out of fear, we, we simmered down and we, we backed up and we said, no, nah, maybe not today. Maybe not today, because if they see me lifting my hands, if they hear me singing, if they see whatever, they hear me shout. That's just going to be awkward. It's going to be weird. Let me just let me just hold off. And maybe one day, one day, man, I'll really reach for that encounter with God. Romans 116, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Now, that's, that's a big statement. It's the power of God that brings salvation. It's the only hope of the world. How can we be ashamed of the only power that will bring joy and hope to the world? We've got to overcome our fear. Go down to verse 10 of chapter 4, Exodus 4.10. It says, now Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. In other words, what he's telling the Lord is, man, God, I've never done this before. I, I, I've never done this. I've, I've never really taken that step to have this genuine encounter with you before. I, I've never lifted my hands before. I, I've never really sung out loud before. I, I've never done this in the house of the Lord. I've never done this before. And Moses is saying, God, look, you want me to do all this, but, man, I don't even talk right. I've I, I got, got a speech problem. I stutter I've never done this before. I've never been a public speaker before. I've never, and here you are asking me to do this. And in God's eyes, he's the perfect man for the job. Why? Because he wants to demonstrate his power in broken people. And some of you, the battle that you have every single Sunday when we come in. Look, Chris and I have talked about this before. We talked about worship. And one of the things of culture that we want to do here at this church, and man, we really want a culture, a worship culture. Like we really want people to know that, man, we value worship. We really, really do. We value lifting our hands. We value singing. Why? Because it's bringing praise to the Lord, it's it's bringing uh, 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 honor to Him. But we know that there's always this challenge because people will say, Well, it's just not my personality. I just don't do that. I worship in my own way. Okay, I understand. I understand. But there's a reason why God gave us vocal cords. There's a reason why God gave us the ability to lift our hands. There's there's a reason why we, we have this ability. We'll do it for other things, and we'll use it for a lot of other things, just for living. But when it comes to praise and worship, when it comes to stepping outside of your comfort, Maybe we need to get over or I've never done that before. And we need to overcome our reluctancy. Because that's the pushback for worship, is we're reluctant to worship because we've never done it before. But maybe God has challenged you to do something you've never done before. Maybe God has challenged you to do something that will stretch you, that will make you so uncomfortable. And maybe that's where God wants to meet you. Maybe you feel like you've never had a genuine encounter with God because maybe you've never stepped out of your reluctancy. Maybe you've never stepped out and done something you've never done before. Maybe this is that moment. There are a lot of things even in my own life that I've had to step out and do. Um, a lot of people don't notice about me, but, you know, there's a lot of insecurities that I have in my own life. I do. I've got a lot of insecurities. Being up on this platform, as, as as honored as I am to do it and as great as as great as it is. And, I, man, I love preaching. I love it. I love it. it my... My daughter's asked me the other day, they said, Dad, what would be your dream job? I said, I'm doing it. This is my dream job. I love this. But I got to be honest, there there are are a lot of moments where I have a lot of insecurity. You don't know the battle that, that goes on 10 minutes before I get up here. You don't know the battle that happens after I get off of here. You don't know the words that come in my head. Oh, Chris, that was horrible. Chris, that was was just not good. It wasn't clear. They didn't get it. Maybe you need to find something else to do. I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. Those are the type of thoughts that come in my head practically weekly. Weekly. And so there's a lot of things that I've done even to be here. That I've had to do that I've never done before, but I realize that it's it's when I step out and do something I've never done before that that's where I usually meet God. Because I'm stepping into an arena that I've never been in before, a platform I've never been on before, a, a, a place that I've something I've never done before, and I and I and I'm feeling insecure and I'm feeling weak, and God is like, perfect. It's not about your ability, Chris. It's not about what you know you can do. I want to put you in something where I know you're so doubtful in. Because, see, that's where I step in. And that's where I show you what I can do. And I believe that God wants to do that with every single person in this room. He wants to put you into something you've never done before. And God is telling you because that's where I want to meet you. So let's lift our hands to the Lord. Father, we thank you. Again, we thank you for being so personal with us. Thank you that you God, that desires to meet with us. And today, Father, we, we, we overcome and get over our condemnation. We overcome our doubt. We overcome our fear. We overcome our reluctancy, God, because we want an encounter with you. We want to meet with you. We want to meet with you today. Today we want to meet with you. We thank you that you want to meet with us. We want to get over our fear of people and what they think. We want to get over the fear of doing something we've never done before. pray you would touch people today. Touch people today. Even throughout this week, God, as they're at home or on the job, Lord, I pray that there will be these divine encounters with you. Just moments that you want to speak to them, moments that you want to touch them. Lord, even if it's through a dream. Lord, I pray people would have just divine dreams this week. Lord, I pray that you would give people this supernatural boldness this week, even to pray for the sick. Whether it's on the job or at school or wherever it may be, God, we thank you for the encounter with you. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Amen. Are you ready for an encounter with the Lord?